0: zero-party data, could then be leveraged to create campaigns that are more aligned with somebody who may also have the similar kind of criteria. 50% of the merchants actually don't really know what their data is and they don't know what performs well, right? So the ability to be a little bit more data-driven, do some A-B tests, start optimizing, and then building on this don't use the native the platform native product recommendation They're kind of dumb recommendation for the most part so look for an ai driven product recommendation platform get this working see some summer result and then get into that optimization
1: so on this episode you're going to learn about how to deliver segmented experiences it's a terrific episode you do not want to miss so do stay tuned As you continue to grow your e-commerce business, access to growth capital would increasingly play a significant role in achieving and surpassing your financial and social goals. Why should you give up equity or pay high interest rates to grow your business? There is a new way to access growth capital that transforms e-commerce businesses. Wayflyer has shaken the way e-commerce operators access working capital. With a dedication to only D2C e-commerce businesses, Wayflyer will fund you on a fairer fund-as-you-grow model, meaning if your sales slow down, so does the amount you transfer back. There's just a simple fee, and the funds you need to grow are deposited to your account instantly. It's worth checking out on wayflyer.com. That's W-A-Y-F-L-Y-E-R. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X E-Commerce Podcast Show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell. The 2X E-Commerce Podcast is dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. So each week on this podcast, we interview either a commerce expert, a founder at a digital native commerce brand, representative from a best-in-class Commerce SaaS product. We give them a very tight remit to give you ideas you can test right away on your brand so you can improve commerce growth metrics, you know, such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience, and ultimately sales. We're here to help you sell more sustainably. Now, speaking of which, um, today I was joined by the head of partnerships um, at uh, an app or an e-commerce personalization app called LimeSpot, and his name is Francis Pilon. The conversation you're about to ha- um, listen to is one around the intricacies and the fundamentals of personalization. And he has a very unique approach to personalization, which is, you know, the crawl, walk, run approach. Um, because um, according to a survey of um about 80% of e-commerce merchant, um, you know, leaders um, do not think they're doing enough um, about personalization. And um, just starting the process can lead on to um, you know, further improving the sophistication of your segmentation, your messaging, um, and um, eventually the, the I, I love what he said, which I wrote here, the segmented experiences you're trying to deliver. So what is quite synonymous to personalization is, you know, segments, which is at the base level and the experiences you're delivering to each segment. And the title, of this podcast will have the term segmented experiences. I just love that term when he pulled when when he he mentioned it anyway if you um just to give you a heads up um this September, I would announce the specific dates. It's going to be a Thursday and a Friday. We are going to be um hosting the commerce Excel um virtual conference, which is exciting. Um, I have a a very interesting lineup of speakers. I've um, gotten confirmation from close to 20 speakers for now. Um, This year, I think we're going to do a lot of expert panels, like a ton of expert panels, um, because that was where the fun was Last year, the expert panels was was where the the real juice it was is where a lot of data was was shared um, but that 's not to put down the the keynotes because we had some terrific you know keynotes last year. Um, the streams are going to definitely change this year um, and it's the the conference is going to evolve um, as um, you know my knowledge evolves um, so this year we 're going to have a panel around sustainability. We're going to have a panel on health and beauty. Um, we're going to have an expert panel on, on not just retention um, but life cycle marketing. Um, so so that, that, that there's going to be some really unique um, discussion panels with, with, with world-class um you know, experts and speakers who will you know, um, infuse a lot of knowledge to you. So um, signups are not yet ready. The website's going to be ready, um, fairly soon on commerce, excel.com. I will link to it in the show notes when, when it's ready, but yeah, that's it. Here you go. So enjoy this episode. Um, I, or this conversation I had with, um, with Francis Pilon from LimeSpot. Um, nice one, really, really nice one. Um, very, very, very knowledgeable. Um, And there is um, a lot to learn if um, you're considering personalization, regardless of what platform you you, you consider to use. It's it's all AI these days, so it has to be AI-driven personalization. Cheers. Thanks. build your contact list, send emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit Clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com forward slash 2x. Hey, Francis, welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Kunle, for having me here. It's. Uh, I've been a long time listener of your podcast. I uh, get a lot of value of it. Um, I just love how insightful you are. I love the, the softness of your question of the invite speakers to. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, you can get more out of them, and so uh, it's a real pleasure to be, to be here. Oh thank you
1: so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That really, really helps. But at the same time, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. I think we were meant to speak like Q4 of last year or Q1 of this year, and um, it just never really happened. But here we are. Um, We're recording this sometime in June of 2022. Um, How how are you at LiveSpot? How am I? Yep.
0: Oh' great. <laughs> thank you yeah yes of course uh great uh i've been I joined lion in March last year, so it's been uh fifteen months since I've been here um we've seen some some really great progress both from uh, adoption in the market but also some of the products that we've released mm-hmm. um, uh, over that period and so uh so this is great it's, you know I, I I think the timing also overall of the general interest and um maybe how merchants are starting to value personalization is is also growing i kind of joke sometimes to say that the personalization is the new like reviews right so where where it's almost like is inc- uh, it, you must have reviews on your site the same way that you must have for example product recommendations so a uh, great time to be in this space for sure it's it's
1: his it's his it's his it is um and it's it's a very um it's very relevant. It's it, it, there's so much going on with personalization on the outside of um, of websites. So whether you're talking about like what's going on on iOS, you know, what's going on within, so in the app system, Facebook and all of that. And then there's so much personalization opportunities on site in, in e-commerce websites, which is where LimeSpots actually sits, which is how do you sort of consolidate all of that data you're getting, um, whether it's from shoppers or your customers, essentially. And how do you give them the, a, a better or the best experience possible? That That's your primary thesis. I would think but let's get into LimeSport itself you're your global head of partnerships at, at LimeSport. Um, how was LimeSport actually ideated um, if you have the story what, what is the story behind LimeSport? and then we'll jump right into you know tips you have you know around personalization if that's okay
0: yeah, for sure. And I think you're right. I think personalization is kind of getting pervasive just to make a little parenthesis here in mm-hmm. terms of how it is used at large, not only for e-commerce, but also for many areas of the world. And and I think that's, um, I think we're at the tipping point where also there's some, some fears initially about like how creepy AI was and now um, how I think we've managed to find some sort of balance also with privacy and making um, experiences whether it's e-commerce and not more relevant without that fear of being too restrictive and too personal in some ways and so mm-hmm. um and so it's, i think it's natural of you see that uh, and that you ways into the, the why of lambs but how At one point, all of these uh, these tools, this ability to personalize and create those unique experiences for Mm -hmm. for uh, users, were not available for too small Mm -hmm. Mm merchants, and that was one of the genesis of, or one of the key um, uh, factor in in the genesis of LimeSpot to be able to democratize, if you will, the ability to um, create personal experiences at scale. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. uh, that's one part of it. The other part of this, of course, is that um, we know uh, that um, uh, choice overload especially with merchants with large catalogs uh, can be a problem for uh, for users um, both in terms of being able to that the, the friction in the journey but also the satisfaction that they get out of their purchase and and sometimes i experience this myself i go and i want to buy something and have you know five thousand choice for this one thing that i want to buy and i'm you know looking at criteria and metrics and this and then i come out of it and i'm like have i made the best choice like is this well uh well if you can put a little bit of personalization and being able to understand the context and the user and you know uh, and and uh, and then guide them towards a, a subset of, of products that are most likely to be suitable. Um, we know, and research shows that it also leads to greater satisfaction uh, with the brands, but also in the, the actual uh, purchase that they've made. And so these are these two, I think, uh, probably are, are the key uh, the key ingredients that that um, that got LimeSpot to to get started.
1: Yeah, I'm going to jump into, you know, lots of questions around like, thresholds um, for personalization when, when it's really switched sweet Because you, you just mentioned the fact that, um, you know, when your catalog starts to grow, you know, to a certain size, um, things happen. One other point I wanted to make before we jump to that question is no one ever complains about the personalization or personalized results they get on Amazon. Never. Mm-hmm. Where you hear... Issues is oh these, this ad is following me everywhere. I was on this site. This ad is following me everywhere. Um, they, they 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 complain about how Facebook and you know other social media you know platforms use their data, right. but when they're on site they want relevant results because they're very you know content about their time you know it's all about time you know can you save them time can they get what they're looking for as quickly as possible so yeah. it's very very interesting in itself so my question has to do with um, the typical merchants when should you know e-commerce directors or e-commerce um, um, how many skus should um, should be the um, determining points to to start to take particularly on-site personalization, much seriously? Even email, you know, you know personalized email recommendation. When yeah. should merchants start to really start to think about um, personalization?
0: Yeah. Um, I just want to add to your previous point about this kind of like ads following you around. One thing to know is that on-site, typically the intent is very different, right? So if you're on social media, you want to connect with your friends, family, whatever, um you may not necessarily be in in the intent is not about shopping and i think this is where there's a bit of a disconnect well if you're on site if i'm looking for a pair of shoes on the site then this is you know the context in which these recommendations are made are much more appropriate to where i'm in the journey so to speak and so so i think that's why maybe we're seeing more of that um uh, dichotomy between the the the, the, yeah, the context makes uh, makes a lot of difference mm-hmm. um and then to address the kind of like the, your question, uh, there's always it's always time to personalize. Let's put it this way: um, I think that the the challenge arises uh, when you have a lot of products. Typically, in, in the case of LimeSpot, we say about 40 to 50 is kind of the, the, the threshold and a lot of customers. Because if you have fewer products, you may have you know millions of customers. If you have two products, it's really easy to merchandise. It's really easy to, uh, but when you get to that threshold of 50, the manual work that needs to go into this multiplied by the number of variance of users, of types of users, of where they are in their life cycle, um, all of this makes the it makes it exponentially more difficult to, uh, to be able to create relevant journeys for those customers. So so I'd say I'd say it's a factor, think of this, 40 to 50 products and then obviously factor of number of customers, though you may if you do have a you know a catalog of 5000 products and 5000 customers there again we're looking probably at another great use case for for personalization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like to thresholds. the, the, the okay. other thing i would just want to add quickly to this is that we're um and I, and I know we'll we'll get to this eventually but the idea of personalization often at least so far the discussion has really be around Uh, product recommendation but it goes much further beyond this and there's a lot of opportunity regardless of how many products uh, you have um, to personalize so imagine you have a a catalog of five products but you have uh, people who have bought from you before and people who haven't right so these two streams of customers or users we should be able to personalize for them regardless of how many products we have because they're expecting something different from the brand
1: yeah yeah. And I guess if we go one level below personalization, which is the output and the outcome, you know, we, we're we're in this space of segmentation. And from your point of view, um, what's the best way to segment and how would you deliver experiences at that level? Obviously the way Walmart will segment will be totally different to, you know, um a fast fashion brand that's just um, that has maybe three hundred thousand active users, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Active
1: customers, rather. So, um, do do you have um, any pointers on segmentation? So, you you, you just alluded to um, the first, you know, sort of a sort of segmentation, which is returning customers, and um, you know, and and first time customers or potential first time customers, which is a given, um, even from a point of view of the messaging you know the kind of mm-hmm. offers you can give a first time customer versus um you know um returning customers so do you want to break segments down that um you know e-commerce directors listening to to this now can sort of um take on to test or start to you know create segments for with the, with um the intention of um eventually running out a you know much more sophisticated personalization um
0: strategy yeah for sure um we typically see kind of three basic type of segments uh one of them i'd say would call life cycle so um so as you mentioned so those who have you know potential first time buyer uh we have those who have bought from you before we have frequent buyers so wherever they are in the life cycle in relationship to your brand I would say is the first one um then we have affinity segments so affinity could be uh based on brands. So if you have a multi-brand store, somebody like Nike, somebody likes you know Adidas and then to be able to understand this and making sure that their journeys align with their preferences uh, would be one of them. Um a type, another type type of affinity a segment that we often see is based on um spend so low spender versus high spenders would be able to be on understand what their um, their expectation and limitations maybe also can be uh, useful in, in in personalizing and then the third one would be uh contextual segment so you know they're seeing the site on a browser um, on a desktop or mobile or did they land from a specific uh, um, campaign like uh, paid campaign, uh, uh, geolocation could be another one. So, uh, so these are the three kind of basic segments, and obviously from there, um, you can layer some of those. So you can have somebody who's a high spender from from a you know specific location, with who has never bought from you. Right? So so you can get more specific from there. But I'd say these are the 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 layer the national layers to build upon.
1: Okay. So, how would you approach each of these segments? Um, What what are the best practices? I know best practices are quite cliche these days, but um, typically, um, what are you saying best in class um, customers of Sports actually do um, from an execution um, perspective to segments, to each of these segments?
0: um I'll, I'll give you one example, the most obvious because as you mentioned it's it's probably the clearest um uh, and i'll hopefully we can link to this in the in the show notes, but we do have also a ultimate guide to um, segmented experience which offers a number of scenario which um for those who are interested in digging uh, a little bit deeper into it I, could, I, uh, I
1: actually like that term segmented experiences never heard it yeah. but, but it makes sense um
0: yep, <laughs> makes yep, sense, yep. yeah <laughs> Um, and the one so that the, can like go back to the you know put prospective yeah. buyer and those who have bought from you before, these uh, these users are expecting something entirely different from from your brand. So mm-hmm. um, so the one who hasn't bought from you um, needs to have there needs to be a little bit of, of of a brand trust building to be done there. So why should they buy from you? So you need to put yourself in the shoes of your customer. I'm going to do like I'm step back a second here and say. I think most merchants and probably most businesses understand the the concept of persona. It's been out there for the last, you know, however, 30, 40 years. Most merchants and most uh, um, businesses also understand the concept of customer journey. And I think that we're at the point where we now have tools to be able to put these things in practice, like what we would do. Uh, 15 years ago, when we were talking about those those personas and their journeys offer different menu version, think about the journey, but we couldn't, um, we were giving them all the option and then choose your own adventure, if you will, whereas now we can say, well, we know what the best adventure for you is. You can always go on the you know side track, but here's what we're wanting to you to to step in because we know that this is the most successful the most rewarding for for you as a customer and the most rewarding for us as a merchant and so so what i so whenever we talk about those segmented experiences, we need to step back and think about those things think about what is the journey, what are the expectations, what are the barriers what are the friction point that a, a customer would meet in their journey through and, and then addressing those and so if we take the example of that uh, potential first-time buyer, so they need to trust your brand. why they should they buy from you rather than your competitor so maybe there's an opportunity in your experience to showcase some testimonials or maybe bubble up reviews that uh, make you um, uh, appear um, you know that showcase the, the value of your brand um, we can also maybe surface some of the uh, shipping or return policy a little bit more front and center for those users. Maybe the offer that we can put uh, there is going to be um, best aligned with what they're expecting. So, um, so how
1: do you do this? Do you create like personalization blocks, like content blocks um, that are dynamic, um, and that um, exactly. you know the system will pick up? Um, you know, based on the segments, or just serve it and say, okay, plug this in um, when um, when the segment exactly. comes in.
0: Okay. Exactly. Yep, and 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 to kind of like wrap this up on the other side here, somebody who's bought from you before, we don't need to be that you know t- that similar kind of uh, uh, brand trust yep. uh, building. You're not trying building. to impress
1: them. Yep.
0: And so maybe what we do there is push bundles, right? So they're they're they they're they're, they're going to be more ready or subscriptions even, right? They're they're ready. They've already had a you know if they're back, they've already had a positive experience. So it's time to kind of get up the ante, if you will.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. We'll link to your personalization, um, guide. Uh, it will be 2X e-commerce forward slash slash LimeSpot. Um, I'll, I'll link to it for sure. Um, in the show notes. Great. Um, yeah, so, um, so we talked about segmentation and and then obviously based on segmentation, um, you create these segmented experiences, which I believe is not synonymous to what we call personalization, right? Um, are there any other critical pillars in um, in personalization that um, you know listeners should be aware of?
0: Yeah, so so there's the experience on site, which is you know really exp- really important, obviously. But um, I'd say if we want to think a little bit more host- holistically about the, the the customer journey, there's obviously the post purchase anything that's post-purchase flow so the ability for example to understand um even if it's even if it's not necessarily an upsell or cross sell or some sort of transactional uh follow-up after uh, a purchase the ability to make sure that they have you know access to resources they bought this thing for the first time it requires some setup so why not send uh, you know a video that allows them to understand how to put this thing together right so that's um so that's the one step Um, and the other one is going a little bit beyond as well so the ability for instance um, to go outside the main site so email is one of the the channels Um, most esps most uh, email providers have some sort of personalization so there's obviously segmentation there's often some product recommendation um, uh, and, and so that would probably be, would be another area And what we're seeing also, obviously, emerging both as a communication channel, but also an opportunity for personalizes is going to be SMS, right? Um, and so the ability to be a little bit less generic in the way that we communicate uh, through, to customers via SMS.
1: Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's dot com, and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. What are the real estate um, limitations in, in the SMS format? Obviously with an email, you can put a block with three product recommendations if you know yeah. if you want to but from from sms um what what are you seeing what trends are you seeing um from a personalization standpoint yeah towards being very targeted
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we do have the ability, so content, so it's essentially text-based if you want to, unless you want to go in the MMS route, which which merchants have yet to see. I don't know the latest number, but it seems to be lagging a little bit in terms of adoption. Um, So text-based, but also in the case of, for instance, product recommendation, the... um, by default, most uh, text clients, SMS clients, will load a preview of the page. And so if you were to send, for instance, a, a link to a personalized product, the, you would show the product card. Um, so essentially the next serve of that page, uh, that product page, and so that would show as a preview in the text. So there is some flexibility, um, and when in terms of, especially around uh, product recommendation, it Kind of works, mm. um, but it's still it's still early, and I think there's there's a lot of opportunity also for for building on this, and and hopefully, text get as it gets a more mature uh, communication tool would also gives us a little bit more flexibility. And merchants a little bit more flexibility in terms of what can be uh, shown to customers.
1: Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Is there any um, opportunity in personalization in regards to um, social proof? By this, I mean. Um, let's say I'm looking at a product, say um, I'm looking at a laptop or actually um, an office chair, for instance, and Mm -hmm. I've been sitting on the fence. Is it possible that um, personalization engines can obviously see me definitely, they'll put me in the segment of um, potential first-time customer. And so pulling out data for that um, product reviews, for that particular product I'm looking at, and you know just updating me via whatever channel whether it's sms hey you know like hey jessica bought this um this same chair you looked at on our website and here are reviews. so actually using personalization as a hub um that pulls in data from disparate um you know um, data sources relevant to Relevant to the product and relevant to the customer or potential customer, and um, you know they're then sort of rest assured that okay, I'm not alone in this. This is the experience of others. I will commit as a persuasion tool.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a little bit tricky, and, it, and it, if you've been sitting on the fence, you definitely need a chair. And so, um, and so you, I think we can use this in a number of ways. Uh, we do at LimeSpot support. support the concept of um, uh, custom triggers. So you could say, for example, so somebody who has live us um, uh, a, 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 a trail of data that allows us to segment into some sort of uh, uh, an audience. Let's say um, you have left a review of um, Okendo has a great tool that allows you to, and I think you'll put this as well, to put additional context into your review. So you say, if it's large or I have you know, dry skin or oily skin, for example, right. that's zero-party right. data, could then be leveraged to um, to create campaigns that are more aligned with somebody who may also have the similar kind of criteria. So right. I don't, I feel that you're kind of one-on-one um, sending is also, but this is probably falling onto the the creepier side of this but being able to bubble up relevant information based on zero-party data or data that comes from other sources that aligns you with a group of people that have had similar that share similar characteristic and then being able to you know uh, put reviews that are more relevant to you as uh,
1: possible yeah yeah like if i'd if i visited a you know a particular product page three times in the last seven days there's interest i haven't you know triggered or added to cart then if i'm getting you know um information streams let's say you have my email of just reviews of that particular product video reviews from influencers reviews from normal customers that's going to sort of flip or change my my decision you know whether good or bad but i think you know that sort of information might be i think it's relevant but yeah yeah it's just very care- you should just be very careful as to you know getting into that creepy stage
0: yeah and okay. and this is a common this is a common flow right so the the, the browse abandonment flow, for example, like most ESPs mm. will take care of this there's also um it's just that personalization allows you to, to layer on top of this right so the ability mm. to to um, so maybe you've looked at this product and the, the typically the browse abandonment will try to bring people back and same for card abandonment to that one product mm-hmm. but sometimes we leave out the other possibilities you know maybe yeah. that product was not a fit maybe you missed out on product ABC. And then mm-hmm. the ability to understand the context of that customer and being able to then present other options that may are related to one the product that we 're looking at, but also what they're, mm-hmm. the signals that they send is, a, is a, an efficient way to re engage customers into bringing them back to the site and reengage mm-hmm. them into their shopping experience
1: mm-hmm. interesting because from an ESP standpoint too you, 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 you often get stuck in in these um, flows or abandonment flows that are very transactional in nature whereby it's it's very incentive-based yeah. where it's like, you know, um, 15% off, but you're not really getting the context. Or you're not even helping people get the context. If like I'm very specific to that product, and then you're sending me very relevant information to that product to help me, you know, make a buying decision, I think it's more relevant than saying, hey, there's 15%. You really sort of prejudge them <laughs> that, that the yeah. decision is based on price, which might not be the case. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, I think you're right. And it, and it's the, and it's probably building both, right? There's some people who yeah. would stand back like this and hope to get that 15% discount, mm-hmm. but some are generally on the fence or may not have seen the value and whatnot. And then um, being able to uh, kind of re engage them with different tools in different yeah. ways, I think would, yeah, I think you're, I think you're, you're right.
1: Yeah is, is there a use case of using personalization to minimize um sort of returns you know so sort of the return process are you seeing any of those um you know um merchants looking at it very broadly saying okay these are our objectives we have a high return rate and how can we you know what use cases can we use um from a personalization standpoint to educate to pre-educate um the customers as much as possible um so they don't get what they thought they wanted and um, there's that discrepancy
0: yeah yeah it's it's a bit of a tricky one i'll give you two maybe two cases where uh recommendation can be useful the one we were just talking about so allowing Mm -hmm. for example uh product reviews based on maybe zero-party data or some sort of a uh, quiz that they may have taken so uh, aligning reviews with their size or you know type of skin or whatever characteristic might be to mm. uh to other customers so, so they can understand the context in which that product is was reviewed it could be a useful one the other one more generally speaking is product recommendation especially as we have you know more data about a given consumer. Consumer, so they've bought from you before. They've returned three items out of the four they've purchased, but now we know that one that they've, you know, we know what they were interested in. We know what doesn't work, and we know what works. Then, uh, then product recommendation. What we see, generally speaking, although it's not, you know, it's not a um, a one solution that fixes all, tends to reduce also a little bit return, and allow also often um, the uh, uh, merchant to discount less those products. So we see that mm. product recommendation don't need as much discounting typically than non recommended products.
1: Mm-hmm very very interesting um there's a feature i i picked up on on amazon um for a pair of shoes whereby they looked at my previous um um you know transactional data um from shoes purchase data from shoes I, I bought prior and and then when i tried to purchase a new brand of shoes they've kind of they kind of have an idea of you know my shoe size now they So when I thought, you know, so let's say I'm always size 10, right? With ASICs and Nike. Um, so with Nike, I'm maybe 10 right. and a half. With ASICs, I'm 10. And then, you know, and then today I decide I'm going to buy another, a new brand I've never heard of. Um, Amazon's actually alerting at the size level that we think this is your size, you know, based on prior, right. um, you know, purchases. Are you seeing more use cases in, in that? Because again, if I pre-selected, that you know the wrong size that first of all be frustrated especially if i needed it like yesterday and have to return it and try another size so are you seeing you know um just hints and guidance personalization from a guidance standpoint particularly at a um at a SKU level
0: yeah i'd say it's more rare and the reason for this is that I'd say this is probably for much higher sophistication merchant, and mm-hmm. um, I just want to bring in something quickly. We did a survey um uh, q four and q one i believe um and and in that survey, there's some interesting things that come out, one of them being that about forty percent of the respondents have somebody who can handle uh, uh, personalization and and about the same in terms of kind of importance or value in the in the uh the, the idea of personalization however 80 percent of those merchants actually are in the set it and forget it move, uh, kind of flow if you will so um there's there's still a lack um of investment in personalization and what we're discussing now i think falls into that you know much more advanced type of personalization i would say if you know if we're going to scale these back a little bit um this idea of you know crawl walk run so start with putting um, you know, product recommendation in your card for upsell, cross-sell, then put product recommendation earlier in the journey to guide that journey. Then maybe um, do start A-B testing. You know, we also know that about 50% of merchants actually don't really know what their data is and they don't know what performs well, right? So the ability to be a little bit more data-driven, do some A-B tests, start optimizing, and then building on this, adding email, adding SMS, adding, you know, segmented experiences on top of this, I think is is probably... I think we're too early for most merchants to really think about those. I mean, it's great to talk about them. It's very exciting to see the possibility. But when we're looking at this in in practice, there's even 80%, you know, it's it's interesting, 80% of merchants think that they need to catch up. Uh, you know, if they compare themselves to their peers mm-hmm. and, you know, that's, that's kind of the flip side of 80% of all drivers think they're, you know, better drivers than others. Yes. And so, um, and so I think we're still kind of a little bit early to talk about these things for most merchant, most merchant have yet to, to get to, um, to being able to using even AI driven personalized recommendations. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I also think that, um, they're like was built, um, you know, um, just apps out there and solutions out there for, for instance, shoe sizing, especially if like, you know, you're right. a footwear merchant and and that is so important to you. Um, and so, you know, obviously this segment driven personalization solution is like applies to every, you know, every merchant out there, right? For, for, for a large mm-hmm. part. Um, so in regards to just wrapping up, um, in regards to um, you know, this test, learn, you know, optimize, um, from an optimization standpoint, you know, speaking to the AB split testing, you, you just mentioned, um, is this happening on platform? Um, or are you suggesting, um, you know, merchants do, how easy is it, um, on a personalization platform such as LimeSpot is to run a multivariate AB split, A/B split test, for instance?
0: Yeah, very easy on LimeSpot. Obviously, not everybody uses LimeSpot, and so they may have to use external tools, but uh, but we do have the ability to to um, support cloning experience. So you have a live experience to clone it and then use a visual editor to to make some changes to your experience, assign the weight of these experiences so that the traffic is split, you know, whatever percentage mm-hmm. that you desire to, and being able to measure um, uh, KPIs from there to better understand the performance of these um, these uh, different experiences is, is something that's you know half hour you can you can create this in LineSpot. Um, obviously, there are you know if you're using um, other tools that may not have this, then it becomes a little bit trickier. Uh, but there are some great tools out there that you can use for, for uh for split testing. That's for sure. But but I think that you know to to kind of bring it even back to to what I was saying earlier. Like first, at least use product recommendations. That's the, the one-on-one. And don't use the native, the platform, native product recommendation, that kind of dumb recommendation for the most part. So look for an AI-driven product recommendation platform, get this working, see some summary result, and then get into that optimization, right? So, so let's use stable stake, table stakes. Let's start. Let's go from the crawl to walk. Let's get those b- basic personalization block, then uh, then optimize on top of that.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And and on a final note, um there's a mention of like curated collections. You, you know, we, we talked about you know um segmenting customers, you know, personalization is down to customers, but but what are curated collections? This seems very product driven.
0: Yeah. It's a mix of uh, pro, uh category merchandising versus segment so we were talking about affinity earlier um uh, especially around spend for example so if we have low spender and high spender collections that or maybe affinity in terms of you like nikes or you like adidas so um Collection that they see if they go into bestsellers, for example, and you know I'm a high spender Nike lover, should be very different if I'm a low spender, for example. And so curate collection allows merchants to dynamically present different collection based on the segment that a specific customer would be in. Um bestseller if we take a different type of segment, so the contextual segment based on geolocation. Uh, if I am in the northern hemisphere. Uh, versus somebody in the South Hemisphere where winter and summer are different. Bestsellers, if your you know if your product line allows you to present uh, winter and, and summer products, then should be contextual with their you know their their geolocation as well. So curated collection is just a means of aligning collection with a segment's expectation of what you know uh, you know new arrivals, uh, best bestsellers, you know, all these 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 uh, collections uh, are for.
1: Interesting. Super, super interesting. And um, do you utilize like the RFM analysis or um, do, you, do you go more advanced?
0: Um, it is up to each merchant. So typically what we see um, is going to be, a, again, we're, we're kind of back to this idea of, you know, walk, crawl. Um, curated collection is a great first step for, um uh, for segment experience so so it doesn't require a lot of output so if you do cre- if you think about segment experience where you may change you know um uh, navigation you may change offer you may change uh images you may change copy all of this is really intensive in terms of uh of input so the you need a team to create all this curated collection typically tends to be the first uh kind of like low hanging fruit and so what we see is is typically even something simpler than this so uh being able to sort uh collection by high to low or being able to uh, present subset of collection so it's it's i'd say it's probably even a little bit more basic than um, than that because it's the entry point to segmented experiences
1: Interesting, interesting, Francis. We could go on and on and on. Um, I, I I'm, I'm definitely better educated on personalization with this conversation. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. For those who want to find out more about Limespot, um, head over to limespot.com. That's limespo dot com. Um, Francis, are you active on any social media channels? If if um, if yes, which ones?
0: Yeah, mostly uh, mostly LinkedIn is where where I hang out. I uh, I guess I'm, a, I'm just an old Y guy who hasn't got onto the the whole social media craze. So uh, so this is where um, where we are by Line Spot in general, we're across social media. We have great um, great information for. Um, for those merchants who are just starting but those who are also a little bit advanced and a little bit much more mature in their um, in their personalization journey so so I would certainly encourage you to to look uh, look for lines on social media and one of the thing that I would like to also invite uh, listeners and, and, and viewers to do is uh, and I'm hoping you'll be able to link to our surveys take the survey for themselves and be able to understand where they are in uh, in their journey to personalization uh, when we're comparing this to to what we know of of uh, merchants in general,
1: amazing, amazing. Um, we'll we'll link up um, to 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 both resources in in the show notes, Francis. It's been a pleasure having you on the Two X e Commerce Podcast.
0: Thanks so much, Finley. It's great to be here. Cheers.